BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy, oh my God. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy hump day. Hope everyone's having a great hump day. Hey, Jax, how you doing? I'm doing good. I can't believe it's only Wednesday. Honestly, it should be a Thursday. It really should be. It should be Saturday. Maybe because I've been podcast, podcast, podcasting all week, vlogging, redheads, TMT, never ends. And it just feels like I've done, I've done way more episodes this week than days of the week that have passed. But it's just one of those weeks, you know, leading up to the holiday weekend, you got to get it all in. That's what I like to call mogul energy. Yes, this is mogul energy exuding and mogul energy is exhausted energy. I was up so late editing last night's episode of the Redheads that we recorded. It's an hour and a half. The girls could not stop talking. It's such a different episode because obviously we're recapping the book that we read, but the book that we read is like really um, reflective on your 20s and just like it's about your in. I don't know. It wasn't plot driven. It was character driven and it's all about like the person that you are and all the things that make you. And so it was very personal, honestly. Jackie, that's beautiful. I know. So it was, it was raw and I hope everyone really likes it. I finished editing last night, which I'm so happy about. So I'll be out tomorrow morning, bright and early. You know, the redheads, we rise and grind. Those episodes drop at 7 a.m. You're extremely scheduled and regimented. And I think the redheads community appreciates that. Yeah, because that's the sort of, consistency consistency that the community demands because like these are people who are reading books like I'm not going to read this whole last book just for your episode to be coming out a week late no and that is something I'm seeing a lot just like as an observer of social media culture it's like if you have a weekly podcast and maybe this is just like I can be judgmental because I have a daily podcast Mm -hmm. and for the most part we get enough um but like you're doing a weekly podcast and people are always like oh Today's episode is going to be up tomorrow or I didn't record this week. Like what? Yeah. Like you have one job. Get the episode up. I'm seeing that a lot. I'm seeing a lot of lazy energy for my for my comrades. But maybe that's also just summer energy. Maybe. But the excuse runs out this week and next week. Obviously, it's the first week after Labor Day, first week back at work. But I'm also seeing like I saw a headline that Goldman Sachs is making all of their employees. And I don't know why Goldman Sachs has become like the go-to for what's going on HR. In, the, in the office across yeah. the country. But like every, every time em- they do something, it becomes news. Right. Every employee back in the office after Labor Day, no excuses, no oh. more part-time from home. Like it's over. Oof, that sucks. I mean, two and a half years later, going on three years of this, it's time to get back to work. 
Like, I guess, but I do think what we've learned from these last two, three years is that like you can work a full time job. And like if you're remote, like you can travel, like you can have a fulfilling personal life too, which I feel like people really need like certain jobs, especially fucking Goldman Sachs, like you have no time for anything else, you know? Yeah, I would say that's a good point. But I do think um, people and people need work and they need obviously work-life balance. balance, but they also need to be able to travel and do things for their mental health. But I feel like the last two and a half years, everyone's been working from home and mental health is at an all-time low. That's true. That's true. Um, because of like the quarantine of it all. Yeah, but like I you're do- supposed to go out every day, get dressed, yeah, see, see people, sun. you know, have fresh air. All of these things are important yeah. to living a, a good life. For sure. But I do think this concept of like, you know, traveling but not being off is like a thing like now that we've proven like you can fulfill all your responsibilities while you know maybe going to Miami and working from there like that should be an option you know for like these new media companies yeah I think it is an option but I would actually argue that that makes the problem that exacerbates a lot of these issues like you need to have time off like I Mm -hmm. feel like Back in the day, you used to work from nine to five and and you had to be in at nine, but you left at five and your day was over. And I mean, back in yeah. the day, like 80s, you know, working girl. Before cell Melanie phones, Griffith, email. You couldn't have email on your cell phone. Like at five right. o'clock, the day was over. Now the day never ends because you're constantly expected to be on. And now that goes into vacation too. Like you should have, you should take a vacation. You should take the time off. You should put on your OOO and you should not be disturbed. So you can actually recharge and not just be answering emails on the beach. I learned about that in my media class. It's called personal autonomy. Nobody has personal autonomy anymore because you're technically always on the clock when you work like with emails. Right. The plus side to that though is that it allows you to maybe mosey into the office at 11 because you've been on email since nine. And your mouse was moving on team. So I said you were available. (laughs) So everything is pros and cons. Yeah. It really is. And you can make the argument for either. And I know every time I talk about people going back into the office, I get yelled at and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Come for me. But that's how I feel. And I think it's good. Okay, I feel like mixed about it. I definitely think that, you know, consistently working from home is good for nobody's mental health and there's no boundaries between like personal space, office space. Um, But I do think there were some good things that came out of it, honestly. And like, I think the way that like our jobs are like something, you know, you have to do like forever in order to live, like so fucked up. (laughs) Well, that's why if you love what you do, Mm -hmm. it's better. For sure. No, yeah. Because I don't agree with if you love what you do, you'll never work a day. Because I absolutely love what I do. I don't have one. Com- I mean, I, if I could, you know, drum up some complaints, but I really don't have complaints about what I do. And even I wake up with my alarm and I'm like, no. Yeah. So I do love what I do, but it still feels like work. It's just good. It's fun. Yeah. But then do you ever feel like whenever we have a long weekend or something and you didn't go away, but we're just like home and not doing episodes? That you almost miss it? Oh, no. I didn't think that's what you were going to say. No. I was going to say, do you ever feel like when it's a long weekend and you don't do anything, you stay at home? Like, that's what life would be like without a job. But it's not good. I mean, of course. No, it's for, not good. Exactly. bursts, it's good. And especially in between large stretches of working, it's good. But to do that every day. No, that's not a purposeful life. That's like everything. Not everything is meant to be enjoyed all the time. But doing hard right. work, it gives you a sense of purpose. And that gives you a sense of self. And that is important. Yeah, no, I wasn't saying it like a positive thing. Like being at home, and this is coming from someone who, like I worship my home, I can't spend enough time there. 
it's low key boring. And if that's like your same shit every day, very monotonous, like it's not a purposeful life, 100%. And there have to be bad parts of life so you can appreciate the good parts. Yeah. So I get it, but like, I just think it would be cool if nobody had to work, you know? Like a utopia. Okay. You sound like, like a socialist. <laughs> like, Is that why? Like, yeah, I guess it's like giving kibbutz energy. But like, I just think like everyone hates working and like, we should do something about that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but that just counters what you just said, which is that when you're not working. No, I know. I'm saying I feel both ways. I'm feeling like, yeah, for sure. It would be boring. But like, let's try. Um, That's new for you. Feeling both ways. Is it? No, I'm kidding. We oh, always, yeah. Okay. We feel both ways about everything. I feel everything. what you're saying, too. Right. I, I see both sides. I just I, I happen to feel a little more strongly that way. Am I a socialist? <laughs> I'm extremely social. So that makes sense. Yeah. And I've spent many times on kibbutzes. That is Actually, not your vibe. Let's talk about a kibbutz. A lot of people don't know. One of the core tenements of socialism was like started in Israel. Because in Israel, there are like a lot of people live on kibbutzes, which are like these little communities that um, as a young person, like if you go and visit, which when we were like in middle school, we went to Israel and like they have you live on a kibbutz to like really experience what life is like there. And it's like a totally socialist little commune where, you know, nobody really... Um, Everyone's the same. Like everyone works different jobs, but they're all like the same level of difficulty, and you earn the same wage for and you each eat the same according food and you to live his ability. For each according to his ability, to each according to his need. Okay, that's so um, socialism. They're very not um, luxurious, if if that's a right way of putting it. Um, I have generous. experienced time on a kibbutz. The schnitzel was good, I will say, and they had <laughs> rice, which is my favorite food. So I don't have complaints about the food, but like everything else, it just like wasn't for me. So maybe I'm not a socialist. Well, you know what? And also like you were coming into this kibbutz. Oh, as sorry. I'm not a socialist. I'm a socialite. You were coming into the kibbutz as a tourist. Like you mm -hmm. weren't toiling. Right. I was getting a, like a, a good treatment. <laughs> they were treating me well. I don't think that's what it's like usually like. Yeah. And people in Israel, it's like a cult. Like they love kibbutzes. I'm like, no, not for me. And I but think there are exper experimental communities in the States that have a similar um, energy to kibbutz vibes. Yeah. Um, and sorry, when I said socialism started in Israel, I don't think that's right. No, yeah, it's like not Karl right. Karl Marx, Marx, right? Yeah, he's not Israeli. Okay, sorry. But like they, they uphold a lot of socialist vibes over there in their kibbutzes is what I meant. Yes. Um, I don't want people coming for me like, Claudia. You think everything, the Jews invented everything. Well, Karl Marx was a Jew, but okay. He was? I'm pretty sure. It's like such, um, actually, it is a pretty Jewish last name. Carl with a K though, doesn't give Jewish energy. Yeah, it's a big yikes for us. Yeah, that's, um, wow, I didn't know that. So I maybe mean, the Jews, maybe the Jews did invent socialism. Uh, this episode has just taken, taken a turn. such a turn. I wasn't brushed up on my socialist history today. So no, one thing apologies me, if I've gotten anything wrong. One thing about me, I literally have no idea what like socialism or like these big isms are, you know, like I know capitalism is like about business and money. Mm -hmm. Socialism is about like the pie, right? Like everyone gets the same slice. Yes. For each according to his ability to each according to his need. Okay. You keep saying that like it's going to ring some sort of bell. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. The, the need. I don't know. I literally say it again. I still won't know. 
Like from each according to his ability. No, I understand it. Is that a phrase from something? It's from the Communist Manifesto, I think. By Karl Marx. By Karl Marx. Wait, now I'm, okay, I'm Googling Karl Marx. He has German ancestry, but he was a lapsed Christian. Oh, and he's an atheist and an anti-Semite. Great. That's really good to know. That's that's so us getting confused whether a person is Jewish (laughs) or anti-Semitic, you know? Because it's really tough to tell. You're either one or the other. You're either one or the other, yeah. (laughs) So, sorry about that. Correction. Update alert. Alert, Not a alert. Okay, I'll so, have to go down this rabbit hole at How a did we get date. into this conversation? Oh, that people are going back to work. Yes, Labor Day weekend. The fun is officially over next week. So enjoy this weekend while you can, you guys. Breathe it in, get fresh air, hang with friends, have a beverage. Just, it's not going to be fun for a few months until Christmas season. We're almost entering that season and I'm like, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm personally here for it. And if I may, if you are going back to work and maybe you're going back five days for the first time in two and a half years, may I share some of the pros that I see in like corporate culture that maybe could get you excited? Sure. Free food. Free food. Outfits. It's like, why don't you watch, you know, Younger or The Bold Type? Those Mm -hmm. those shows like get me excited about going into an office. Getting dressed up, going into work. Where are we going for lunch? Let's go. You never know who you could meet, you know, like a sexy man from the business department. Yeah, let's go for after work drinks. Make a plan for a happy hour already. Don't get like too drunk or that will ruin the rest of your week. Don't. Maybe like set up a date this week. So you go to happy hour drinks after work and then you like go on a date. Like this is like what life is supposed to be. Right. The the intra-office drama. Yeah. Love that. It's going to be fun. And then you'll have great stuff to write for Dear Toasters. Right. Which is our advice segment that we have today too. Yes, we do. It is Wednesday. That's a good call. I thought you were going to say one of the, like one of the, uh, I thought you were going to suggest um, things to help people who are in the workplace by signing up for our Patreon. That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, definitely that. Also, we're here for you. We're doing mm-hmm. the show. And, and if you did if you did take the summer off, you probably didn't listen to all our episodes. Go That's back funny. and listen. Honestly, this has probably been our funniest summer on record. <laughs> 100%. And if you are a toaster and you, you know miss what? some I think episodes. We should talk about it. Oh, let's talk about it. I want to talk about like the state of the toast. But if you are a toaster and you miss some episodes, like please go back and watch because we're really proud of them. We're hashtag proud. Yes. Yeah, so I was actually, I feel like we had this conversation when I was in Florida, but I've been thinking about it a lot recently because like the vibe of this show has changed so much. <laughs> and not in the sense of like the structure or anything. We've done the same thing for every show since we started, but definitely the, um, the vibe, you know, the conversation, the tone, the tone. Um, And I feel like when we first started, honestly, I cannot believe people used to watch like our episodes in the pink studio. Like we were literally not funny. I think we were so afraid of like saying the wrong thing um, that we were just like kind of being like losers. Like every story was like, we're so happy for them. Like, actually I'm not, (laughs) you know? So now that I feel like we've gotten more comfortable and like it's been a long time we've really established our brand and we've had, you know, people come, people go, people stop listening, stop, start listening, restarting. Now we just feel really set. And that really gives me the freedom to say whatever the fuck I want, including the fact that I might be a socialist, you know? <laughs> uh, you know what? That's not a hot take these days. You'll probably get a lot yeah, of Yeah, no, I think socialism <laughs> is, on, I think it's like trendy, no? No, like if I say I'm a capitalist and you say you're a socialist, let's see who gets more hate. Okay, yeah, I want to be the popular one, so 
whichever one that is like i choose the dangerous one because i'm not afraid of a challenge okay l you're (laughs) such an l and i'm such a vivian like jealous wench (laughs) no but back to what you were saying i agree with everything and i also think it's um it's a testament to how long we've done this show but it's also just us growing up in general and just being more confident women more sure of ourselves and not letting people's opinions of us change what we do or how we move yeah no and at the end of the day like I'm really just feeling like I want to say how I feel like if I don't support women like that's how I feel you know what I mean (laughs) and like for the most part like I don't support women you know (laughs) like and I just feel like that needs to be said like are you cool then I'll support you you know like are you nice yeah but I don't believe in blind female support um and that kind of that is something that definitely came with age you know Yeah. So I feel like the tone of the show has definitely changed recently. Um, And I think that has to do with us changing. And I feel really good. I feel, I agree. Like this was our funniest record to date. Nope. Our funniest summer to date. Our audience now is just like loving it. Maybe our audience has changed. I mean, it's constantly changing. People come in out, depends on the season of your life. You know, sometimes you need us, sometimes you don't. Right. Um, But that feels great. I feel good and the summer is coming to an end and this is kind of uh, us commemorating that. Yeah, our funniest summer yet. What do you think is in store for us for the fall? I'm hoping for, you know, vibes cultivated, lots of chili, lots of good books, lots of good TV to recap, um, and stunning looks from both of us. That's what I'm Ooh, hoping for. I love that. I'm looking forward to... Um, not to be toxic, but going on a diet. That's um, fine. Yeah. I'm actually not looking forward to it. Every time I've tried to eat healthy recently, I've been feeling like so queasy. But I don't think that what you should say is that you're looking forward to going on a diet. You're looking forward to getting back in shape. Sure. Sure. Because you're not looking forward to like what you're actually no, going to be eating. Looking you're looking forward, forward to how to you're like going to feel. Having, you know, my body be my own again mm-hmm. and then doing what I want to do because I'm finishing up breastfeeding this week and nursing which is so bittersweet but then Mm -hmm. I can you know get back to and I'm looking forward to getting into some of my clothes again like I'm wearing some clothes today not everything is zipped I'm not gonna lie that's that's the beauty of (laughs) podcasting from the waist up is that your pants really don't need to be buttoned yeah so I so every job has benefits you know some people get health care vision care dental care we don't have to button our pants and I feel like put that in your copay (laughs) What's the phrase like? Put that in your hat and your pipe and smoke it. Put that on your copay and smoke it. Yeah, yeah. So that's the state of the toast. We're feeling really good about it. Um, and should we continue to do some more toast? Any yes, other updates from you in your life since you yesterday? No, yesterday was just so busy for me working, getting ready for my trip. Um, I have nothing like unique or funny to add. Okay, great. Cool. So without further ado, do 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 do. Are where best. are you? Where the fuck are the Strice brothers? I don't know where Bryce is. Bryce is done with the show. He's walked off set. He's on strike. I don't know what he's looking for. Better conditions. Like he wants an, a juicier blanket in here. So now that he's gone, I think like we can have an open and honest conversation about how I felt like his presence here was extremely toxic. Like between the barking, the scratching at the door, like he doesn't understand we're recording a premium audio experience. He never did that. He He would sleep right here like a precious angel. He's literally done it multiple times. He barked once, like because he's a living, breathing dog. 
and he multiple times. Sound. I think mm-hmm. in general, Bryce adds more value to the show than he takes away, but he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's, I mean, maybe he's just taking our advice and he's OOO. Listening to his body. He's OOO. He can't be reached via email. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> okay, so um, Mr. Strikes Brothers, hopefully they come back one day and now it's time for the fast Maybe. Episode. Maybe we're the toxic ones. Like, maybe we have a toxic work environment. That's why all of our employees are leaving. First Bryce, then Strice. Huh. Is BuzzFeed about to write an article about our toxic work environment? <laughs> These and, like, dogs. Released a statement from, like, you know, the two founders. And, like, they're going to leak our Slack messages. To Bryce and Strice, like, get your ass up and work. And mine are going to be, like, really kind of bestiality-focused. And then I'm going to be painted they'll, as, like, they'll an make abuser. A, they'll make a highlight clip of every hump day thing every time you said that you were going to hump Theo. And then side by side with, like, some direct messages I sent to Theo on, like, my work server. Like, hey, because I literally, I'm like, hey, sexy. That's what I say to Theo. I'm like, you want to get your sexy little ass over here? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that actually has something to do with one of our stories today. So, Ooh, bestiality. Inappropriate workplace conduct. Oh, okay. So without further ado, it is time for the past five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Here at the Morning Toast, it is no secret that we are obsessed with McDonald's. After a long day of podcast, 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 meetings, 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 is there anything better than a McDonald's fountain Diet Coke, a large crispy French fry, and their iconic chicken sandwich? No. How do you take your McDonald's chicken sandwich? You do the standard, the spicy, the deluxe. You add pickles. You remove the pickles. You add sauce. You add ketchup. What do you do? For me, I know like everyone thinks I'm a freak. I just like bun chicken ketchup because I'm a three-year-old. But however you like it, it's more personal than comedy. And there's no wrong way to create your own chicken sandwich from McDonald's. You can order ahead on the McDonald's app. Try the sandwich that invented the crispy, juicy tender today. At participating McDonald's, the app download and registration is required. And today's episode is also brought to you by Clinique. If you have dark spots, it can often feel like a vicious cycle. As soon as one fades, another one pops up. Break the cycle with the Clinique Even Better Clinical Dark Spot Interrupter. Their powerful serum works from fair skin to melanin-rich skin, and it helps visibly correct dark spots such as acne marks while protecting from future discoloration. So 94% of people demonstrated an improvement in radiance and visible skin tone, including acne marks, in just eight weeks. You can see a 39% visible reduction in dark spots in 12 weeks. So what's so great about it is that it's oil-free, alcohol-free, SLS-free, sulfates-free, parabens-free, phthalates-free, fragrance-free. It's also oil-free, non-acnegenic, and it's fast-absorbing. It was developed by dermatologists. Clinique is a brand that we've all known forever. Our grandparents have used it, and it's just premium as hell. It's a brand that you can trust, and dark spots are so difficult to get rid of and I have been using the serum now for almost two months and I've definitely noticed a difference my dark spots get really bad in the summer so you can get the even better clinical dark spot interrupter today it's available at clinique.com thank you Claudia you're welcome our first story Leonardo DiCaprio and Camila Marone break up after four years their hearts will go on Leo and Camila have called it quits after four years together, according to People. Sources confirm the split to the outlet, but a reason for the reported breakup was not given. It is worth noting that Camila recently turned 25, and mm. Leo has not dated someone over 25, I think, in his whole life. So the reason for the breakup was her recent birthday. That's like what the memesters are saying. She's aged out of the program. She's aged out of the program. He's not interested in um, women with fully formed frontal lobes. Brains. So she had to go. (laughs) 
Um, well, she lasted a long time. Let's. What, they started dating when she was twenty-one. Yeah, I really thought that this was it for them, and I, I didn't. You didn't? No. I mean, I really, it's right there, plain as day, that someone like put together a graphic of how he ages, you know, trending in a line yeah. upwards. And all of his girlfriends from Giselle, Bar Raffaele, Tony, Blake Lively. Blake, every single one he never goes over 25 with. That's like, there's been a few that it's hit so that number. fucking weird. Like, honestly. And I just can't believe that like, he would actually no, I, break. Like he should have waited till she was 26, like just to, to shut people, people up. But maybe he really can't stand a 25 year old woman. I think part of the reason why people might be shocked by this um, was because they were together for so long. I don't think he ever dated any of those girls for as long or started dating them as young. Um, so part, I think a lot of people thought that this might be, you know, it for Leo. Um, it's not. How old is Leo now? Leo is 40. Um, I think he's 42, but let me just confirm that. <clears throat> that is unique. Yeah, let me confirm. Also, have you been seeing these rumors that he's dating Gigi? He's 47. He's 47. Oh, my God. No, I haven't seen the rumors that he's dating Gigi. How old is Gigi? Gigi's older than, than 25. Yes. She's she might like, even be, like, close to 30. I feel like she's my age. She's 27. <clears throat> oh, my God. She's younger than me. Like, just kill me now. How um, old are you? You're 28. Stop. Are you really? Stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> For like seriously, shut up. I didn't say anything. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I didn't say stop. anything. <laughs> Am I twenty eight? Yeah. There's no wow. getting around that. Um I have not seen the rumors that he's dating Gigi, and while I would ship, it's still fucking weird. Like twenty years. Get a life. Like, there are beautiful, sexy women who you actually might have something in common with who are in their 30s. I'm not even saying you have to date a, someone in their 40s. 30s? Yeah. A 35-year-old? Like, come on. It's, it's weird. And now I'm, like, in the camp of he won't date a woman over 25, doesn't want a fully formed female companion. It's but, you know, I feel like I think Cammy Marone is like so everything of the sort. I feel like this relationship was like so good for her career. She's like, you know, I think she is the face of Chanel. She gets really premium acting roles. I believe she's going to be in Daisy Jones, right? Yep, she's playing Camilla in Daisy Jones. Who's who was, Camilla? She, so you know how Daisy, like there's a, a lead singer of the band that Daisy joins, the six. I think yeah, his yeah, name yeah. is like Billy or something. Anyways, yeah. Billy's wife is. Right. Patty. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I think like she's great. And I look forward to seeing what she does next. But I'm glad we're all having this conversation because, you know, we'd love to talk about it with like Scott Disick. And for a while, Leo like goes under the radar. And it was just like a thing people know, but never really spoke about how fucking weird it is and borderline unethical. Mm -hmm. But now we've said it. But now we've said it. And I guess the difference is like at least he has these long-term relationships, which is something as opposed to Scott, who's like in cycling through 18-year-olds. He like, never even in gets- a way- He never gets to 23, 24, or 25. Jackie, in a way it's worse. Explain. Because the long-term nature of the relationships like give like grooming vibes. Ooh, right? The grooming. 
Yeah. It's just weird. Like, I would love to see him date someone slightly older. I'm not unreasonable. You don't need to date someone 75. Like, no, at 35. This point, at this point, the bar is just 20, 26. Y- yeah, right, right. Like, that's weird. Yeah. I do forget that there was a time when Blake Lively and Leonardo DiCaprio were dating. I was looking at... And that was a while ago, a, so he was probably like 37. No, I think it was more than that. He was younger than that, but... Oh, but so was she. Giselle. Right. And they dated for like more than five years, I think. And then yeah. Bar Raphaeli, like every girlfriend that he's had has been like, that's his long-term partner. But there's been like six of them. Yeah. And like, what is he going to do? Is he going to do the George Clooney thing who was also like doing long-term relationships but never settling down and then literally we all blinked and he's married with twins in Italy? Probably. Yeah. Do you think he's going to go like, you know, the lawyer businesswoman route, yes. Leo? Mm-hmm. Or like an actress? I think like an environmentalist. <gasps> Totally. Maybe <laughs> I was just going to make the most disgusting joke and I will not make it. I'll tell you after. It's so funny. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. That's funny. Should I say it? Yeah. We can always cut it out. He's going to date an environmentalist. Maybe he'll wait till that girl Greta is 18. <laughs> that's a good joke. Because she's so young. Like, I know that's like, inappropriate, but it no, was like, a funny joke. That's really funny and not entirely not out of the realm of possibility not out of the realm right because what is she now 16 i could see in like five years leo dating her but the thing about greta is that she is principled and i don't think she would fall for it i don't think so either but it's leo like he would like try and hit on her and she would be like how dare you (laughs) are we gonna have to cut this out like is this really inappropriate i know and i don't think so how dare you that's i love that bitch like she is so fucking like she's not even doing it for she's not even doing it to be funny but like she's so fucking funny well she's also a change maker but she's also like unintentionally a comedian comedian. how dare you (laughs) that was iconic literally iconic So funny. So we'll keep our eye out for that. But honestly, yeah. stranger things have happened. Right, right. Like, what movie was I recently watching where they had like a Greta Gerwig girl? Younger, you know Fupa Grunhoff. <laughs> yeah. That was funny episode. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? <laughs> yeah, younger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So funny. Are you ready for our next story? Mm-hmm. Um, the chickens might be coming home to roost for Dan Schneider. <clears throat> oh my God. I'm like, we're talking about chickens? <laughs> like a farm? I was so, the chickens are coming to roost on this Indiana farm. I literally <laughs> thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> no. Yes, I saw this. Dan Schneider is the subject of a new um, report from Insider saying that Nickelodeon allowed sexualized Victoria's scene with Daniela Monet despite her complaints as network stars claim producer Dan Schneider pushed for inappropriate content. So there's an Insider article that just came out about some of Dan Schneider's more inappropriate practices while he was at the helm at Nickelodeon. The article is behind a paywall, but Daily Mail has a summary. 
Former Nickelodeon stars are speaking out against the prolific creator and producer Dan Schneider for allegedly forcing the young actors, actors into, quote, sexualized scenes. In a new report for Insider, the victorious actresses Daniela Monet claimed that a scene that she was uncomfortable with was left in the final cut of an episode despite her objections to the network. Although she doesn't solely blame Schneider, who was the creative, executive producer, and writer on Victorious, she also blamed Nickelodeon for allowing sexualized scenes to appear 100%. in its live-action shows and for inappropriate behavior to occur on set. 100%. The actress described reaching out to the network after she was forced to film a scene in which she applied lip gloss while eating a pickle, which she worried was too sexual to be broadcast on the kids-centric network. But Nickelodeon executives apparently sided with Dan Schneider and the creative team over Daniela Monet, and the scene was included in the episode. She added that not only did the executives okay the scene, but its standards and practices division would have had to sign off on it as well. She attributed some of the overly sexual content to the mostly male writers on the show. She said that although Victorious was usually a very PC, funny, silly, friendly, chill place, the occasional overly sexual scene could puncture the warm atmosphere. She said, do I wish certain things like didn't have to be so sexualized? Yeah, 100%. Insider's expose notes that some of um, that, quote, none of Dan Schneider's shows credited more than two female writers in the entirety of their runs, while Zoe 101 and Drake and Josh had zero. It also references a scene that Jamie Lynn Spears filmed for her series Zoe 101, which Schneider created, executive produced, co-wrote, and even had a guest appearance on, in which she had goo, quote, roughly the the consistency of an egg white, splattered onto her face. Her co-star, Alexa Nicholas, who we know, she's been very outspoken about her time on- Quinn? No, not Quinn. Uh, Nicole? No. The girl who was in the first season and then never again, she was Zoe's best friend. Yes, 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 yes. She recalled that Dan wasn't satisfied with that take and made a crew member squirt her in the face multiple times. After Jamie Lynn caught the goo on her forehead during one take, at which point it started to dribble down to her face and into her mouth, which led crew members and Spears's even her mother erupt into giggles. She recalled one of her male co-stars saying, it's like a cum shot, before noting that the most sexualized take was the one selected for the episode. The article goes on and on with instances like this, um, and also so, references Jeanette's book, where she talks right. about the creator. She never yeah, references yeah. Dan by name, and talks about how he pressured her into drinking alcohol at a young age and gave her some massages that she didn't want. So I feel like it's pretty much been an open secret for many, many years that Dan Schneider was extremely nefarious during his the height of his time on those Nickelodeon shows. It's important to know that like Dan Schneider is so rich and so litigious that I think it's really stopped this story from becoming like a major, major story for that reason. And... What was I going to say? Um, hold on. It was important. Oh, and so while none of this is a surprise, I do feel like a huge part of the conversation that needs to be had is like for abuse like this to go on for so long without real repercussions, like so many other people are also responsible, including Dan Schneider, but not limited to literally everyone, every executive at Paramount who let this behavior just slide, who didn't take extreme precautions in a television show for kids by kids like the way that even when it came to a head a couple of years ago and they very quietly just not even fired like let him retire the way that like everyone at this network has time after time protected Dan Schneider is so fucked up it's so unethical and then it also makes you think like why 
Yeah. Not to be like a conspiracy girly, but why? No. And who else is involved? Involved. And why wouldn't, you know, the executives of a kid's television network not have the kid's well-being and safety their number one priority? No network wants a scandal, let alone a network that hires mostly children. Yeah. Oh, it just makes me so fucking sick the way kids are treated and how there's never any justice in all of these places that are supposed to be like kid-friendly institutions or havens for kids or literally intended to protect kids. I was just reading this book before we were yours and it's from a while ago what happened, but it was egregious abuse in these orphanages of children children who were kidnapped from loving parents in some situations Mm. to be given to like and sold to richer parents but in the orphanages like horrendous abuse over 500 kids were probably murdered during their time there and just never no no record of them exists like we see with like usa gymnastics right right these institutions that are supposed to be looking out for kids. Like we see it with human Failing. trafficking. Yeah. Over, no, it's fucking terrible. It's so terrible. Like if you are someone who abuses or mistreats kids, like you are the nastiest scum of the earth. Ugh. And if you're someone who doesn't, who does anything whatsoever to protect someone who would do that. And, and you are just as bad. You are just as bad because kids can't, can't, Stand up for themselves. themselves. They can't protect themselves. They don't. It's for the adults to do. It makes me fucking sick to my stomach. Me too. And I saw the craziest fucking thing on the internet. Like I was shook. What'd you see? I saw a video of somebody sharing, you know, talking about pedophiles, but preferring to refer to them as minor attracted persons. I saw that too. Um, Maps. 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 Yeah. We're coming up with fancy phrases. We, as a culture, we have lost it. If we can't even call a pedophile what he is, a motherfucking pedophile. Yeah. You will never catch me with maps. You're a pedophile in my book. Not you. You know what I mean? If you're a map. I couldn't believe that. I'm like, oh my God. Academia has taken over. Like it was so minor attracted persons. People are not okay. No, it's not okay. It's so sick. And I'm glad this article came out. But like when I saw it, I was like a little like resentful almost. I'm like, now? Yeah. What about literally 15 years ago when I knew about it? Right. We've, like you said, it's been an open secret. Like Enti's been telling us for years. Yeah. And I feel like the things described in this article, maybe because they're in scenes that you can see on television. So the litigiousness, it's like, well, yes, there it is. He's extremely litigious. I feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg in compared to like what we've heard. Oh, beyond. And I think that like, so, and this, I don't know this for sure, but I think, and especially from what I gathered from Jeanette's book is like how you end up as a child actor has so much to do with your parents mm-hmm. and so a lot of parents I, I think it's it's split in the sense that like some of them are extremely protective of their child are there with them all, all the way are watching out for them every minute of every day and some parents want it so bad and they'll do anything for their kid to be famous and for their kid to start making money that they start blurring the lines of ethics and and it's a thing where like these powerful people like a Dan Schneider know that 
and they take advantage of these vulnerable people. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking horrible. And honestly, this article didn't even bring me like a feeling of justice. It just, I honestly felt resentful. Yeah. Like we're talking about it now when he's off the network. It's, it's, there's no stakes. If they wanted to do some investigating, like let's find, let's look into the people who covered it up. The, the executives who let him, you know, quietly retire. Who are probably still working there. Right. Who probably make literally seven figures. Right. Who, so who, if they didn't care to protect children, 15 years ago, then, 20 years ago, what what's going on with the children now? Right. Right. And like, everyone's a pedophile. What's that? Literally. About? What is wrong with everyone? I don't know. Sick. 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 Well, switching gears to some light gossip, which is our favorite kind. Me too. Like, so good. Because there are rumors going around that Tom Schwartz and Raquel hooked up at Sheena's wedding. Yeah. And now Katie Maloney is, quote, blaming Sheena for this pairing. So Page Six can exclusively reveal that Katie is blaming Sheena from, for Tom Schwartz's recent hookup with Raquel Levis. Quote, Raquel and Schwartz 100% hooked up during Sheena's wedding, a production source told Page Six, acknowledging the catalyst for the current Vanderpump Rules drama. Quote, Katie is mad at Sheena because she believes Sheena is responsible for Raquel and Schwartz hooking up. The source notes that Raquel and Schwartz are both super easygoing and can be a bit passive at times. So who was going to make the first move, the insider asks, adding Katie. It's actually so true. Adding Katie thinks Sheena's encouragement gave Raquel and Schwartz the green light to explore a connection. The source goes on to say that Katie is very annoyed over the situation and not because her estranged husband is exploring other romantic connections in the wake of their divorce. She's just annoyed because he decided to hook up with a girl in their circle of friends and she's yeah. blaming Sheena. Okay, so she's definitely, like, has every right to be annoyed, like, that the first girl he hooks up with is, like, in the group. I don't know if it's really fair to blame Sheena. And it's possible that Sheena was encouraging it, but Sheena didn't shove their heads together and may force them to start making out. Like, everyone is responsible for their own actions. Yes, but now some things are kind of starting to piece together because Katie wasn't at her wedding. Was right. she invited? Did she not go? Is she really mad at Sheena? Is this the first time Tom and Raquel have hooked up. Like I love Katie Maloney and I don't want her to be in pain, yeah. but I also kind of shit. I think that they're a good match. A hundred percent. I do think that they're a good match. I think that if they ended up together, they would be extremely happy together, but that doesn't change that they have to be respectful. Honestly, like this was a marriage. It wasn't a, yeah. a breakup of a boyfriend, girlfriend. It was a marriage. We're not messing around. And that must be really tough. And now it's like, with the show, it's one thing for Tom to move on and bring a new girl into the group and that, but like to just it adds a layer to be in the same group and it's just a lot. And I imagine Do you think James cares, probably yeah, because him and James Schwartz are friends. Girlfriend. I imagine for Katie, like this must be so emotionally taxing. Yeah, to be on a reality show, to be going through a divorce, your man has a new girl. All of these things are already taxing. And then it's someone that you like are very close. Not your best friend, but like someone that but you're But she's close in with. your circle and she's younger and she's new. Like, And you see her like good. every day and your friends are friends with her. Like, oh my God. It can't feel good. No, but I should. But I do think it's a good match. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, and not to be one of these people, because I literally hate these people, but it does sound like it'll be a good season. I... I will reserve judgment for until I see something, but I'm so, I am so, and I know this is going to make some people unhappy. 
I am so over Bravo as a whole. We we say this like every day at this point. No, I always say like certain franchises, like generally, like I used to literally turn on the TV. My channel is 18 and like my fingers would just go to 18. Like it was ingrained. I've been watching the show since I was literally in the 10th grade. Like it's a part of who, it's a part of my personality. It's part of who I am. When I say, like when I see news stories about the housewives or any, like I can't fucking stand these people. I, I think it's like, now I think, now I kind of look at it as how like other people like used to look down on us for like being obsessed. Like people who are obsessed, I'm like, get a life. <laughs> like, and, and I know that's like beyond hypocritical because that literally was me up until, and maybe I'm just going through like a negative phase where like everything is pissing me off. Okay. I, but especially the fans, like the, the people who engage in Bravo, I want nothing to do with them. Like I don't want to have anything in common with them. I think they're mentally ill. Yeah. I want no association with them. I think they're really like embarrassing and tarnishing to Bravo's brand. Yeah. I think it's a lot of things that are happening at once. One, the fans. I think Bravo is also like always... Well, we talk about all the time how like Bravo really has no scruples. There's really no rhyme or reason bef- behind like one decision that they make versus another. And there's no consistency. But I think also having not had to watch these shows for the last few weeks because I was moving. And so you were able to just like get your life back and then have a bit of yes. perspective and be like, okay, when I'm not watching Beverly Hills every single week, like it literally doesn't affect my life whatsoever. Yet I see all these news stories about like Lisa Rinna said on Instagram and then she likes someone's post. And it's like, sorry. I feel like I want to like make my statement about Bravo and not include the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I still feel like it's really good. Okay, well, it could be about any franchise where it's like it's news that someone like leaves a comment. It's like when there are, there have been over a hundred housewives. Never forget Peggy Sulhanian was the hundredth. Who could? And that was so many years ago. And when every single one of them, like every small social media thing like becomes news, it's unbelievably fatiguing. For sure. And there are all of these huge moments where we're supposed to be so excited and amped up, like girls trip, you know, uh, Annie's baby shower, Teresa's wedding. And it's like, there's still so many of them that it's hard to get excited about one particular thing. And it just, it falls flat more often than not. I think that's part of growing up blurred. But I, yeah, I think so too. I think we're growing up at the same time that the shows are in decline. So Uh, there has to be some sort of parallel. Yeah, there's a parallel, I believe. Okay. But anyways... And I do feel that way about Vanderpump Rules, which is why this storyline actually yes is sounds interesting, helpful, yeah, to the show. Hundred percent. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. Oh, sorry. Speaking of Bravo, Carl and Lindsay are engaged. Oh, is that the story? Yeah. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for you. For you. Know no, that, that I am. I can't sing with you. Like it's because I'm it's too good. Even no, if I can't understand, I'll take the pain. You mean the truth. Me and my heart will make it through. Oh, are you done singing? Uh, I am because I ran out of lyrics and I wouldn't talk about this story because I just realized something. Remember we did that episode on Patreon, which everyone should listen to, like things that people do that give you the ick on social media one of mine is when someone like posts a picture of their engagement ring and says he did good (laughs) i don't disagree i don't disagree that's i mean there's also a lot of icks around social media when it comes to engagements because there are like these tropes like i did a thing (laughs) i said yes like there's a lot of like cliches that people use so it's hard to be original when it comes to like engagement content on social media yeah it is but 
live your life and if he did do good like who cares what i think but yeah totally Car- like you're happy right like that doesn't matters. mean you can't say it anymore it's just something that i'm it- just like a negative wench <laughs> and wench is gonna wench you know wench is gonna wench well Lindsay, i just want to say did not say that she oh. said th- and she actually said something really sweet she told people this is the most incredible thing i've ever laid eyes on except carl Oh, that's sweet. That's really she sweet. She is like so obsessed with him. So you'd love to see somebody out here like getting their love requited. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that the right way to phrase it? It's the end of summer, which means that this will be on the show. Filmed. And um, this is, I think, the turn that no one saw coming last season. No, this is like a plot No, it's twist. like last season, Summer House, he was dating Mackenzie. This right. season, Summer House, he's engaged to Lindsay. I'm curious if she is still being sober with him because I actually think sobriety is really like a, a good thing for her. Yeah. She's just not a person who like, um, I think, handles alcohol well. Yeah. Plus, I think. I, I imagine that she is probably still sober, especially if he is. Yeah. And I like that. I think actually if she remains sober on Summer House when we watch it this season, um, I think people, it, it might uh, warm her up to a lot of people. Yeah. Myself included. Yeah, I think she's, I, I'm really happy for her though. I think this is nice. I think it's nice too. Happy for them. Sorry that their news had to wait till Wednesday. Yeah, it was just like a busy week, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now are you ready for our fifth and final story? Mm, final story. <laughs> Hold on, wait. <clears throat> let's, try that. let's try that again. I have my equipment. Oh. The final story. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> We were good before your instrument. The wenches, they're gonna wench. And that's a magic wenchy. How dare you? That's a magic wenchy. It is a magic wenchy. That was not our finest work. No, it really wasn't. And I like the acapella version, but I'm not going to stop you from your art. Thank you so literally much. Literally never. I, I value my I life. I appreciate that. I value my I life. I appreciate that. As you should. <laughs> life is important. It's so valuable. Our fifth and final story is a little, it's very fifth and final story E. It is, what is the most streamed song of summer 2022? What's the song in the summer, y'all? Spotify's got oh. the data. Let me think. Let me think. I love Spotify and their data. Like, I'm so appreciative. Yes. And personally, I would never really have. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have guessed these, honestly. Okay. So is it um, like uh, international, like a Latin song, like a Rosalia or a no. Bad Bunny? No. Okay. Because only then I'm not like super well versed in that type of music. So I would like not be able to guess the top ones. Okay. So it's like. Oh, shit. Okay. Is it Lizzo? Yes. About damn time? Yes. Wow, look at me. How many are there? There's three. Top three, That um, depending on like global versus US. So that's one of the top Got three. it. <clears throat> wow, good for Lizzo. Um, let me think. What else popped off this summer? And like, honestly, a lot of it I think has to do with TikTok. I don't know. What are the other two? As It Was by Harry Styles. I'm so happy for him. And Kate Bush running up that hill. If I only could, I'd make a deal with God, and I'd get him to swap our places. 
I'm running up that road, running up that hill. Okay, let me tell you. Can you Google when that song came out? I'm pretty sure it came out 10 years ago. 1985, and it had a resurgence because of a- On TikTok. No, a pivotal scene from Stranger Things. That's where it first got legs. Well, then it was on TikTok. Yeah, so it is um, amongst the top three songs. Is Kate Bush alive? I think so. And is she related to George? Or Jenna? Bush. Or Billy? Or Billy? She's alive. Well, that's so exciting. Like, what a journey to, like, have a hit song and then literally 40 years later, 4-0, right? Yeah. Yeah. To have it Be the song research. of the summer. I didn't even know. Now when I saw that, I was like, oh, I feel like I maybe I've seen that on Reels a few times. But I didn't even know it was right. having such a big moment because I don't listen to the radio. Right. I just like keep listening to you ain't nothing. I wonder but if they've been. I wonder if they've been replaying it on the radio. Have they? I don't know if you listen to TikTok radio on Sirius XM. Oh yeah, which is all the TikTok hits. I gotta get serious. I gotta start listening to. You do. TikTok. It's a pretty good station. Well, I don't have a car, so yeah. Rub it in. Uh, Your privilege is showing. I'm surprised Elvis wasn't there, or Doja Cat, or Elvis yeah. X Doja Cat. Or just Doja Cat, period. Like It's always the summer of Doja. Thuma, 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 Thuma. Let me be your Thuma. Thuma, Thuma, Thuma. Let me be your Thuma. Will you let me be your Thuma? You are my one and only Thuma. Um, what was your song of the summer? That is a great question. Let me look. Yeah, let me look for mine, In too. my Spotify. But see, for me, like, Song of the Summer doesn't really have anything to do of course, with... No, but what song did you listen to on repeat this summer that, like, when you listen to it in a few years, it will remind you of Summer 2022? Oh, my God. No pressure. Okay, honestly. No pressure. It, this is, like, so random. Mm-hmm. Should I play it, or will we get copyrighted? What's the song? I don't want it to... I want it to play well, we, it. But well, that just it. means we won't be able to monetize the episode, but I think it's worth it for a great bop. you to reach out Sigala came here for oh. love with Ella Z- Ella Iyer so fucking good reminds me of Platinum Jubilee okay so that's literally why I'm like I obviously know this song but I need to know it better when was Platinum Jubilee like June oh, right best day of my life June <laughs> yeah so I've literally been listening to it all summer and now I went down a Sigala you didn't know that song hole. before no did you listen to what I said literally two seconds ago I said no once you say platinum jubilee I'm I'm (laughs) somewhere else I said obviously I knew it but like I don't think I ever really like I knew it from going to the clubs and the radio but I never really sat down and listened to it so then that sent me on a Sigala journey oh won't you sing me your sweet lullaby the sound of the song is a sweet melody you know that one yeah like I've just become a Sigala girl you gotta go down an Ella I've been Ella Iyer journey and now I'm just a Sigurly. You got to now do Ella Iyer. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I'm in the process of cultivating a playlist for my trip this weekend. Um, and I have like my playlist that I always play when I'm with Brian and John. And it's kind of like like iconic gay anthems um, with a couple of personal touches. Doubt by Mary J. Blige. A lot of Celine Dion. But I wanted it because we're going to be on the boat and like at the beach. Like it needs to be. So I added like 
25 like Sagala type songs like really good like dance music and I feel like I'm working with like the most incredible playlist like I feel really good about where I am that's so exciting I'm really happy for you Thank you. What is your song of the summer? I think my song of the summer is Middle of Somewhere by Luke Combs. Mm. I just listen to it over and over, sing it over and over, listen in the car. It's really coming for Harry. And it's also also about like living in the middle of somewhere and how it's like, you know, your little piece of home. Yeah, no, it's like everywhere to you. Yeah. And I feel like that's, you know, me moving to the suburbs. I'm in the middle of somewhere. Very appropriate. Out in the middle of somewhere. Yeah. Um, that's a great song. Also, you know what song I just got really into? I know I'm probably behind, but hmm. 10 Things I Hate About You by um, Leah Kate. I know. Stop. I know, but you want to no. know how I found it? And, I, and now I can't stop associating the song with this. I, I, I hate that song. What? You like I it? I love it. I love this, like, um, by the way, and I'm saying this to you privately, but I love this, like, genre of, like, poppy songs that's going really viral on TikTok that are, like, really corny pop songs that, like, A, B, C, D, E, F, U, and your mom, and your sister, and your job, and your broke ass guy. Yeah. That thing. And... What I would have given back when I listened to popular music for like those songs to be like, those are songs that I would listen to and like they were never on the radio. Oh, I have a complete opposite reaction to like this corny pop genre that's coming from TikTok. You are selfish. I hate. Oh my God. But when we were, maybe we were driving and you started playing all these songs and I was like, this is what's popular these days. Like I would have loved, it's like radio Disney stuff. Oh, for sure. But when I, when, I, when I was playing that, and I'll tell you what song it was, that's not like the same vibe. That was Kate's Brother by Maisie Peters. Okay. To me, that's the same vibe as 10 no, Years Selfish. Oh my God. No, I, I, I have like a what? physical reaction. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. And let me tell you how I found the song. And now I associate it. You're literally a grandmother. Like it's beyond. Just wait till you hear how I found the song. So okay. Madison LaCroix reposted a fan reel. By the way, everything in the world comes back to Madison. Everything. She reposted a fan reel of 10 Year Selfish. And for each number, they put a member of Southern Charm. Yes, yes, yes. So 10 Year Selfish was Craig. And every time I listen to the chorus, I go through. Nine Year Jaded is Shep. Eight Mm -hmm. is something about like dumbest guy I've ever dated. Yeah. Austin. Austin. But let me guess. Let me guess. Okay, what's seven? Eight, the dumbest guy I've dated. Seven, talk a big, big game till you're naked. Pringle. I was going to guess. Oh, sorry, sorry. And that's fucking mean, okay? Pringle definitely has a big dick. Leave Pringle alone. Okay, six. Seven, talk a big game till you're naked. Six, you're toxic. Five, can't trust you. Four, you've still got daddy issues. Yeah, but there was also like six seconds only six seconds and I had to fake okay. it. Okay, do you know who that was? You're not going to get this. I'm getting confused. Okay, six, honestly. only six seconds and I had to fake it was JD. LOL, that's fine. Five, you're toxic. Naomi. Thomas. Oh, Catherine. Thomas. Oh. Four, can't trust you, Naomi, which was surprising. Wrong. What's three? Five, wait, hold on. Five, yeah. <laughs> Three, you've still got mommy issues. Whitney. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Two. I don't know. Two was like a really long thing. I couldn't decipher Catherine. And then one that you make me love you. Yeah. Madison LaCroix. <laughs> 
That's funny. Um, you're like so funny that like you've like recently discovered like this most ancient trend and like you're marveled by the novelty of it. It's like, it's actually really sweet. I thought it was good. Obviously, I like the song, I probably had heard it before. It was not unfamiliar, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that was a trend. And now every time I listen yeah. to the chorus and I listen to it all like on repeat while I got ready this morning and I'm just thinking like, Shep, Austin, Craig. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're funny. Thank you. Um, so those are the fast five. You definitely needed to know every single moment of that. And the show's not over because it's Wednesday, which means Dear Toasters, our advice segment, where you can write into deartoasters at gmail.com anonymously. We'll take your name out and everything. And you can talk to your favorite girlies about what you're going through. So are you ready for today's submissions? Ready. Good, because they're brought to you by Bowl & Branch. They use 100% organic cotton threads on earth for a superior softness and a better night's sleep. Their sheets are not just buttery, breathable, and impossibly soft, but they get softer with every wash. So I'm a Bowl & Branch girly, as is Jackie, and we both have the signature sheet collection. It comes in nine neutral colors in all bed sizes from twin up to California king. You'll immediately feel the difference of their iconic sheets. They're 100% free from toxins, which means no pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They also offer... Um, they also fit the deepest mattresses and they're labeled with top and bottom tags on their fitted sheets. So making your bed is no longer like a sweaty journey. It's just a normal part of your life. And for that, we're super appreciative. Um, Bolin Branch has been beloved by many U.S. presidents and two Peabody award-winning podcasts. So if that doesn't kind of shake you to your core, I don't know what will. Bolin Branch is a premium, premium linen and bed company. I have so many of their sheets but I also have different like bed accessories like we both have that waffle throw blanket that everyone loves you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code toast at bowlandbranch.com that's b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com promo code toast great ready Mm -hmm. dear Jackson Claude I'm gonna get right to it my husband and I have been together for over five years married for one year and we just welcomed a baby boy over the summer he's a precious gem of a man he's amazingly supportive and he's a loving father But I write to you both because his teeth. He used to love drinking Monster Energy drinks, and I finally got him to switch to black coffee just to be a little healthier. But now his front two teeth are constantly stained. They're noticeably stained, and I've brought it up to him before when we're both brushing our teeth. But sometimes if we're just having a quarrel, my go-to line will be, well, your teeth are yellow. It just comes out somehow. I don't mean to be mean, but it truly bothers me, and I just don't know what to do. He gets defensive and thinks it's not a big deal and that'll take care of it, but he doesn't. He has a beautiful smile and I just hate to see him not take care of his teeth. He interacts with people all day and work at work and I just know that they can see it too. He can't seem to be bothered or care to keep using the whitening strips or brush more. Any advice would be appreciated and I'll definitely follow up with you. I was going to say whitening strips because I used to use them and I think they're fantastic. They don't work for everyone and some people really don't like them, but I do. Um, Can I say one thing without like, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to, I just want to ask you to be mindful of like your nagging because you were nagging him about the monster. And so he did it. He did what you wanted. And now you're like nagging him about the teeth, but the teeth are from the coffee. It's like, cut this man like a little bit of slack. Like you're being like a little bit like of a nagging, naggy wife. That's like really true. Like he did what you wanted. And now the problem he has now, sorry, it's your fucking fault. Also, do you ever feel like, especially when you stare at the same face every day, like with your husband, like he, she's noticing it more than his coworkers. Oh, of course. 100%. No, but also it's like, would you notice that? I feel like I don't notice stuff. Like stain. No, I'm, I'm like always intrigued in people's teeth. Okay. Maybe you're a teeth person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would even notice. 
Some people like are obsessed with other people's skin. I happen to like, I think the smile is the focal point of the face. Like, yeah, I get it. Um, and there's definitely things you could do. I just want you to keep in mind to like not really like annoy him and piss him off because then he'll never listen to you, you know? Yeah, but if you... Part of being a wife to a man is learning how to communicate with them in this moronic way so that they'll do what you want. And, and also... You currently, you're entering danger zone of naggy bitch wife. You're also part of being married is picking your battles. Yes. And and I do think that this is a battle worth having. Because you have to sure. look at his teeth every day and they bother you. Uh, uh, you have to, you know, do the speak the right language, but maybe just make him an appointment for a teeth whitening session. I think it's only like one time and it'll clear right up. Or like make one for yourself and be like, do you want to come with me? Like make it easy for him. That's what you have to do with men. Like you have to literally wipe their ass and drive them there and then maybe they'll do it. Yeah, exactly. So if you could do that dance, but just get him there. I don't think that it's not a worthy journey. I think like you should totally get it fixed and we're going to help you do that. But please listen to what I said. Like because if then your husband just associates every time you like say something as you like being annoying and bitching Critical. to him, like then he'll, ne- Critical. he'll never listen. He'll never listen. And like once you lose them, oh, that's the worst. Once you lose their ear. <laughs> good, yeah, no. Good luck to you. Good luck getting your child. Back. Yeah. So like you have to really be extremely cautious in these scenarios. Yeah. You need to speak husband. They sh- that should be a language on Babbel hundred percent like Rosetta Stone call it up like hook it up yeah like babe babe like I love your smile um okay we're only gonna do one more because it's a little long and it's like kind of complex it's like no it's not complex but it's really get it's like pissing me the fuck off okay okay dear Jackson Claude a few days ago one of my best friends from high school I'm 28 years old called me with some random news she stated that she had heard through the grapevine that my boyfriend of two years, Ben, lent money to his longtime female friend to help her with a messy situation and financial predicament that she was in. Me and Ben have had arguments and discussions about this particular female friend before. I, too, have known her for many years, and I've had my own encounters with her prior to ever even meeting Ben. I don't like her, and I don't trust her. Plus, they slept together once a long time ago, so it's just icky to me. However, I've never asked him to stop being friends with her because I believe in my heart that there is nothing nefarious going on between them. Also, she lives in California. We've recently moved to Nashville. So whatever. But when he came home, I confronted him and he admitted that it was true. I told him it wasn't the fact that he lent her money. It was the fact that I had to find out from someone else and he intentionally withheld this information from me for over a month. I felt dumb and I felt betrayed. He said he wanted to avoid upsetting me and, and avoid a fight. It seems like a stupid excuse, though. We talked, cried, and eventually worked through it, because it's, but it's been a few days, and I still can't help feeling a small pit and just overall sadness. It's the fact that he had so many opportunities to tell me and didn't. I love Ben. I know he loves me, and I don't think that this is worth relationship, ending a relationship over, but I'm worried I will always be suspicious or let my mind wander. I don't, make this, I don't want this to make me insecure moving forward in our relationship. What should I do? I want to be happy and move forward in my relationship. Bitch, you're a bigger woman than me because I think that this is breakup worthy. <laughs> yeah. Money is very tricky because you're not married. So you're obviously not entitled to like his financial history. Information. However, if that's the direction you're heading, then it sets a really bad precedent like for keeping keeping financial information from you. I do not like that. And that's not to say that boyfriend and girlfriends need to be completely financially transparent with one another, but like this is something you would tell someone. Yeah. That 
it, the fact that he wasn't financially like transparent about it, such a big thing, but also just not transparent in general. Like even if it was something not, to do, with, not to do with money, but just if he had yeah. some sort of, say he like went to coffee with her and didn't tell you like, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> also the relationship that you're describing between him and her, it sounds like the only reason why you're okay with their relationship is because she lives in California, but like, right. You sh- there shouldn't be someone like in the background of your relationship who also like would go to your boyfriend for money and who your boyfriend would give it to. It's, it's, it's potentially nefarious. Yeah, it's not good. Money is fucking, money's like next level. It's not like she's going to him for advice or a place to stay, like money. I think it's weird. I do. And is she, and I, is she, is I, she always going to come back to this well? Is this going to be the only time? I think you have absolutely every right to be upset still. It would piss me the fuck off. And honestly, dare I say, I don't think you're mad enough. Is she going to pay him back? Was it a loan or a gift? If he's giving right. out gifts. Now, now you have to get involved. If he's giving out gifts, why don't you get a gift? No, but that shit just pisses me off. Because like, you know, girlfriends want to be, you know, wine, dine, taken care of. And it's like, he's spending that money on some other girl who got herself into a situation. Like, it's not his problem. It's not your problem. I need to know if it was a loan or a gift. And I need to know the situation. And I need to know the amount. Also, I'm just fucking curious. Right, like, what was the situation? Is it ransom? Like, what right, is it? Like, is she in dire Behind on her rent? Like, is it a, a, a worthy cause? Or she's just, right. you know, wants to go buy another bag and just, like, and and doesn't have or rent like money. Or, like, she owes money to a bookie or, or no, something. she doesn't have rent That's money because kind of like she, like, spends her money, you know, out in the clubs and on purses and shoes. Right. No, I've, I the vibe that I got was that literally... Um, she owes money to a bookie, like a for gambling. Oh, right. Or something. Did she say gambling? No, no, that's not what she said at all. That was just the vibe that I got. What she had said help her with a messy situation. So a messy situation is not rent being money. low on cash for rent. Yeah. Like messy situation is like someone's coming after you, loan shark vibes. Yeah. I think it's a bookie, honestly. Like she bet on the Super Bowl and lost. So he's also enabling. And like the worst part is that other people knew and you didn't and you had to get a right. phone call where you looked stupid. Right, and like, so it's, it's either- When a partner makes you look stupid, now I'm upset. Right, so it's either that he didn't tell anyone and she didn't tell anyone. No, I'm sorry. It's either that he didn't tell anyone but like she ran around like saying, oh, so-and-so's boyfriend's giving me money or he's telling other people and not you. Yeah. Um, I hate to wrap this up but very exciting news is that my buccal chair is in the elevator in this building. So I have to go sign for the delivery. I got to show them the certificate of insurance. But I was going to wrap up anyway. So I hate to just cut you off. But I'm so excited for my buccal chair. When I tell you I'm going to get a hemorrhoid from this chair that I'm currently sitting in. It's so fucking uncomfortable. My tailbone is like not okay. okay. So to, I just want to say tomorrow's episode is the last episode of the week. And it will be audio only because I'm flying to Turks and Caicos super early in the morning. So check out for a podcast from us tomorrow. And then we are back on Tuesday. Hope everyone has an amazing Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the last bits of summer. Soak it up. And thank you so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe, 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 thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts and we're podcasts. We found us on Spotify, YouTube, 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 YouTube,